Welcome to the debut edition of the Wrestling Perspective here on Fight TV. I'm pleased to basically bring in the cast and characters of this show. I'm going to start the show the way I normally do, so come with me on this great ride and, and learn about the show. First and foremost, we're the only wrestling podcast on earth with one two-time Major League Baseball All-Star Comeback Player of the Year, Dimitri Young. What's up, Dimitri? Here's the t-shirt for today. Ezel from Friday. I love it. <laughs> One four-time Stanley Cup champion. He's played with Calgary and the Detroit Red Wings. It's Darren McCarty. Happy to be here. What up, me, Hook, Lars, Dennis, Petey. How's she going, eh? <laughs> from Impact Wrestling former two-time X Division champion, and maybe count more, who knows? He does it all with the company right now. He is the Canadian Destroyer, Petey Williams. How's she going, eh? And from the most influential punk band, in my opinion, in punk history, one of my favorite people on earth, Lars Fredrickson. Nice to be here with you guys. Super stoked. Petey, next time, you know, this is the inaugural show kind of thing. You got to Oh, yeah, yeah. A little I mesh deal i i probably should and then also we have uh, our producer we have to introduce him the undisputed dennis farrell <laughs> guys that uh, yeah press the button that a boy d that's that's all i really do here and i drive the ship you guys do all the heavy lifting this is a wrestling perspective we are excited to be here on fight tv a lot to talk about let's just start with the pd the wrestling perspective been around since 2016. It started with you and I, and it has slowly grown. We've had a cast of characters. Hey, uh, L.A. Knight was a host at one point on this show. I mean, that's how big it was. Now I look around, and I see who is here on the show right now. And Pete, bigger than I ever thought it would be. Yeah, I'm bigger than L.A. Knight. No offense to L.A. Knight. He was a great co-host. But now, I mean, it branched out. I mean, we went from wrestling to other sports. And, you know, we had like a wrestling with sports and all that kind of stuff. And now we landed on this and we got, I mean, I look forward to this every time that, that we talk. This group of guys, a gang like us, huh? <laughs> Let's start in order they've joined the show. Let's start with Dimitri Young, who outside of you, Pete, we're circle back to you. Dimitri Young. You were an amazing baseball player. You've played with the Tigers and Washington and the Cardinals and the Reds. You are a diehard wrestling fan. Let's start with what did you cut your teeth on in wrestling? Ooh, you know, I started out with Hulk Hogan rock and wrestling, the whole Cindy Lauper thing. However, I was a big Atlanta Brave fan and watched WTBS. And what was on WTBS? Wasn't that NWA wrestling? NWA. Yes, and then it turned into WCW, and I watched the Braves games and actually started watching wrestling from that, and it, it'll get interrupted by NASCAR, college football, or an Atlanta Braves game. <laughs> and I used to get chapped about that, and I love the Four Horsemen and and uh, Nikita Koloff, Dusty Rhodes, and in the WWF, it was Junkyard Dog, Roddy Piper, you know, I, I like the rule breakers, you know. I like the heels, you know, the guys, the baby faces, the good guys. It kind of was like, uh, and then once I got to the big leagues, 
you know, I got to go to different wrestling events and seeing that wrestlers are big sports fans and a lot of us baseball players were big wrestling fans and we got to go to events and stuff. So it's like me, you know, living out a dream. And at one point I did want to go train to be a wrestler, but I saw the real work that they put into it. And I was like, you know what? I'll leave that to the professionals. And now I get the host with Petey Williams and, 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 and Lars and, and D-Mac and Dennis, you were the one that brought it together. So thank you. Well, D-Mac, you were next to coming into the show uh, being able to call you a friend, I, to me, you're Darren. I mean, P, we watch wrestling with Darren. To us, he's Darren. When I'm like, oh, yeah, Darren came over, we watch wrestling, everybody's eyes bulge out of their head. Like, you watch wrestling with Darren McCarty? And here you are doing a show. I call you Darren. To, to the world, you're D-Mac. And, and please, Darren is so like, I'm one of those kids that would have changed his name if he could. It's not, I, I, I deserve to be like blade or scar or something like that. But no, uh, um, you know, the beauty of it, uh, for everybody. And for me, my love, you know, I was like Dimitri. Um, I think I'm a, a year older than Dimitri. So I, you know, the Cindy Lauper, the Lou Albanos, all the fun stuff as a kid. Until in junior hockey, my coach, Larry Mavity, rests his soul. We were 30 seconds late for the ice because the the it ran over. It used to run over on Saturdays and we were supposed to be on. So he ripped the TV out of the locker room. So I didn't get back into it until playing for the Detroit Red Wings and a lot of events at Joe Louis Arena. And that's when I uh, got to meet everybody. Got to meet, you know, one of, I'm a huge fan of Chris Jericho, you know, the person you know, when, and I love this character because it's a test of time. To me, wrestling's like music. If you can last, it's your longevity and, and to make it last. And I love this show not only because I get to interview a lot of people and just sit back and listen to Lars and Dimitri talk about the wrestling. Petey behind the scenes. What am I? I'm the storyline guy. I love the storylines. I don't have to like it. But as long as it sort of makes sense and my fandom, I'd say is at its peak right now. But I thank you guys because it's I like to learn knowledge is power and you've turned me on to other things. I'm watching Memphis wrestling now and stuff like this. So it's like getting to know all these people because I want to know who to cheer for, who's the good people. And Dennis, thank you for that. And, you know, obviously, Petey, and I look forward to because we are in Michigan, so we do spend time together walk, watching the talking shop of manias and all that stuff like that. So um, this is just an absolute pleasure. And, you know, being a big fan of Dimitri's when he played here in, in Detroit, not getting to know him and being a former catcher growing up, Jason Kendall was a guy I always liked. And then, and then Lars Fredrickson, like you said, Dennis, not a, he's as great a musician, a better person. And I, I'm just honored to call you guys friends. My question to you is, if you were to compare your hockey style to a wrestler, who would it be? Good question. I know. That is a good question because, Brian, you guys. (laughs) 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 Not quite that bad or not quite that. Like, I'm I'm not as devious as Stone Cold, but I'm like that as far as uh, Austin 316. D-Mac just kicked your ass, you know, like. I'll let I'll let you know about it. I got four Stanley Cups. I'm the D Max, the first one. D Max, the wrestling guy. Your friend Darren, 
yeah, he's the 49 year old guy that just, you know, wants to chill out and smoke a lot of weed with his stuff. So that he doesn't do on the show. Look, look. <laughs> I, I, I think I would call you a Stan Hansen. Ooh. That's, Ooh. that's who I would. Hey, wow. I like that, dude. That is not only in the wheelhouse of old school. And that's like, I, I even know the history of Stan Hansen. And like you said, Dennis, earlier. I'm familiar with Stampede Wrestling and the hearts and everything because I played in Calgary for two years. So so what's really cool, and here's a little side note, is beside the Saddle Dome where the Flames played, there used to be the Corral Arena, and that's where all the Stampede Wrestling went. And all throughout the hallways were the pictures of the old wrestling. So every now and then, because this is back in 2005, six, we'd skate over there. And I'd go and walk around and just, like, I'd names that I didn't notice. And now when you guys, Lars, especially when Lars and Dimitri go into a rabbit hole, these are names. And I know Stan Hansen to be uh, compared to him. That's just, uh, that's an honor. Thank you, Dennis. I'm going to. I'll be, I'll be nice for, I'll be nice today for a minute. Oh, I'll take that. I, I, I could use a little of that. Uh, I'm going to skip here hug. because Lars, uh, you won't remember this. But it was me and Eli Drake doing the show. I had reached out to you back then to ask you to come on, and you said sure. And that was kind of about the time the show started falling apart. I was getting a divorce. He was going through some stuff, and, and then I didn't follow up. Then we got into the wrestling with sports stuff, and Darren McCarty came on, and I was like, you know what? Now's the time to reach out because, A, I was a huge Rancid guy. More, I was bigger by the way, than Jason Kendall was. If you've listened to any shows, you know what that means. <laughs> I was a real fan. I will say that. All right. Oh, Dennis, you're supposed to take shots at guys when they're here, not when they're not here. They can't defend themselves. That's what makes you the Bobby the Brain of the operation. Darn right. You have, hey, Dennis, you have a little heat in you. I Just a little bit. But Lars... I've heard many different interviews with you when you were talking wrestling that made me fall in love with you as a person. And I always kept thinking, you know, when you guys look on TV and go, I could be best friends with that guy. You, you know, you have no basis of it, but you, you, you see him on TV and you go, God, we share so much. Then we started the wrestling with sports stuff. I said, you know, now the show is kind of rolling. We're finding our identity. I'm going to invite you on. You said yes. And it, it made, I, we all were th thrilled when I came back to the group and said, guys, you'll never guess who's coming on. We all popped. He, here you are, by the way. I mean, after coming on the show once, you were like, this is a match made in heaven. We welcome you in, somehow collected you, and here you are. And uh, I don't know if I've ever truly said this on the air, but thank you. Oh, dude. Man, you guys, you guys are like the best. It's like when I came on the show the first time, just the the knowledge and just the intensity and the passion and the love that you that you guys all had, and we all shared it that that night. You know what I mean? And and I felt like we could be anywhere in the world talking about this and and relating to each other. And it's like that's the one of the beautiful things about why I love wrestling so much is that it's it's like it's it's the level playing field. It doesn't matter. It's just like you like your guys. Why do you like that guy? I mean, I've been on this. Honestly, some of your dudes' opinions about certain wrestlers, wrestlers has changed my mind about them. You mm -hmm. know, I've, I've had to take a different look. Like Dimitri will say something, point something out, or DMAC, he'll point something out. Any one of you guys. 
and I'll take it, I'll have to look and I go, you know what, I see what they're saying. And it totally, you know, that's, that's what I love this whole thing about, you know, about this whole thing, I should say, but, you know, being able to have seen all of you guys perform in your respective, uh, you know, uh, talents. I've seen Dimitri play a bunch of times, obviously, because I had the A's and the Giants here in town. I saw DMAC play the Sharks, and you were an asshole. Let's just say you were an asshole. <laughs> but you deserve those You deserve those cups. I saw Petey. I saw you in Orlando at, at one of the shows down there. Uh, you know, I believe, you know, when you, I, I don't remember if you were a champion or not, but I remember you're hanging out with the big Papa Pump. But, um, you know, I always <laughs> want to ask about him because, like, I, I, I feel... You know, you, you hear mixed messages. Dennis, I never knew you from Adam, but I'm glad that I do now, you know? So, um, and you do a great freaking job. And one of the reasons why I wanted to be part of this is because uh, not only is everybody great, solid individuals, but everybody's got a, a wealth of knowledge about this stuff. And we're all just fans and we're not experts. We're just fans coming from that fan perspective. We don't have any PhDs in wrestling. I mean, uh, Petey does. No. But um, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's the one guy that, you know, that, that, that uh, obviously, you know, has the, has, has the most credentials when it comes to the sport. But, you know, and just like, you know, what you're talking about, DMAC, like I've played the corral and I've also played the arena and I've actually walked in the corral with Bret Hart when he would come, he'd come check us out a few times and he was explaining things and there's pictures of, of the wrestling on the walls there. And it's just like, it's, it was like a history lesson and you're there with the hitman, you know what I mean? And he's showing you around and it's just like, that's the stuff that like that, those are the memories, you know what I mean? And that's, I just love this, this, I love professional wrestling. My wrestling question to you, Lars, is were you ever on stage and did you ever break out a wrestling theme song in the middle of a concert? I, I've done more wrestling shows mm. on stage than I, any probably my our drummer Brandon says Lars, you're not a punk rocker, dude. You're a professional wrestler trapped in a punk rocker rocker's body. <laughs> <laughs> what are your favorites to play? What? What? Well, no, I've never played any uh, uh, theme songs, but I've done promos. I've cut Ric Flair promos. I've told him about how I'm a limousine riding, jet flying, blah blah, blah wicked son of a gun, woo, wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, you know. <laughs> You got to beat the man. You know, I've done the super fly at Madison Square Garden. I've done it all, baby. Mm. I, I mean, I played Madison Square Garden and I wasn't excited because we were playing Madison, Madison Square Garden it's because of the match that I saw him and him in Morocco do. That's, yeah. you know, that's why I was excited to be there. It had nothing to do with music. Now, I wanted to... That Dennis, sorry, the caveat, that's funny because walking in Madison Square Gardens, playing them in hockey, I was more geeked about all the music that was played there. <laughs> walking down the hall to the dressing rooms and all the, you know how it is. So, and for me, because I'm, I, you know, like, I, like my book, uh, True Story of a Hockey Rockstar, because I think, I think that's the, that's the sort of the correlation, but there's something that, that's what connects us all because we know the drive and the passion. And to Dennis's point earlier, that's what we do with the interviews. The same thing as we go, we look at a guy on TV and hope to get to know him and hope it's a guy we're rooting for good, bad, or indifferent, right? MGF's a dick, but I love him because he's true to him. Dick. 
right? He was awesome. But when Dimitri sits back and goes, oh, man, that's rough. <laughs> you know that's bad. But you can always go back to the Wrestling Perspective Podcast YouTube channel and find that. We'll talk more about that stuff a little bit later. Petey, I want to save you for last because – uh, these guys can attest through the evolution of the show, which Dimitri and DMac and Lars have kind of been there, you know, as during your hiatus. I I would always say, man, guys, you can't wait until PD gets here. He's a game changer. You you don't understand how PD this one guy will take this podcast to a whole nother level. I mean, it was an amazing podcast to begin with. We were clicking on all cylinders from when we dropped sports and going straight to wrestling. And all, all I could think about is got to get Petey to be part of this show. Once Petey's part of the show, it, it will change the game. D-Mac got to meet Petey first. He, he saw right away that you were a game changer. Then you come on, D-Mac, Lars, I was getting texts from these guys during the show while we were talking about how amazing you were. So, Pete, not only are you one of my best friends, but you were the game changer. Uh, I, thanks, Dennis, and everybody. I mean, all's, and I'm like everybody else. I started off as a wrestling fan, um, enjoyed it, and then just I was lucky enough to actually be part of the business for a very long time 20 years and just all that knowledge it's not like i i came up with it myself so when you say oh you know pd's an expert at this it's like i, I didn't come up with it probably 99 of that uh it's guys that like you know the the scott demores the terry taylors the you know dutch mantel joey legend jeff Jer all those guys that you know taught me along the way and how to kind of you know do things and you just kind of do that make it your own and 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 go forward but I, I appreciate that you know everybody's saying those nice things about me and all that kind of stuff uh, I never feel like I'm the game changer because I always look at and I know uh, you know being rock stars professional athletes other professions you're always looking at like how can I be better how could I be more like that guy ahead of me and that's kind of like our passion and that's what drives us and I do the same thing. I'm like, how can I be like that other guy? And how can I make myself better? Like one guy, I think everybody already knows, we talk about it on the podcast so many times. The one guy, I look at him, even though he's only seven years older than me, uh, like a father figure is Scott Demore. He, he, he trained me, kind of taught me the business and stuff. Let me, you know, make my own mistakes. And those were life lessons and all that kind of stuff. And he always looked out for me. And, you know, now he's... He's always been my boss and he's my boss again. So um, we all have that individual and, you know, Scott's my, mine and just being part of this. Uh, I know Scott's excited about this. He's been on the podcast before, right, Dennis? Yes. And you, I, we're going to get him back on. I, I promise that we will. And uh, it's he's got more information for us and everybody better listen to that one when, when that one comes out. So and wrestling. Yeah. Very phenomenal guy. I've been able to break bread with him, and I've been to his house. Phenomenal person, very welcoming. And uh, it, listen, I I think we've said this on a few shows, and I'll kind of say this here before we get to the fan Q and A. We have a lot of questions here to drop on you guys about wrestling and whatnot. Is we get a lot of these wrestlers that come on, and wrestlers are not dumb. They pick and choose who they open up to. They don't always want to give away their best stuff to shows that they feel like, 
and, and not a knock if you're doing it, if, but they're done in their mom's basement or, or that kind of feel to it. So when they come on to shows like ours and they open up and give us stuff and then you see us show up in Fightful and WrestleZone and all the, all the big, you know, wrestle talk, it's, it's because these guys choose to open up to us. And we say this every once in a while, and I'll say this now that it's their debut show here. Without those outlets picking up the stories, we wouldn't be here where we are. So thank you to all those guys. Yeah, yes. So absolutely. And and uh, before we transition one more time, so the way it is here is Mondays and Fridays you will be able to catch the show Wrestling Perspective here on Fight TV, and then twenty four to forty eight hours later the shows will pop up on our YouTube and our podcast feed. So those will still go. It'll be later, so if you're listening to this a little bit later on the podcast feeds, if you want to get it early, make sure you get the Fight TV app. It's on your TV, on your phone, and you can watch us there on the, on there. Or you can wait the 24 to 48 hours and still pick us up on our YouTube Wrestle, Wrestle in Perspective uh, podcast. Uh, you find it on all major podcast platforms, so in YouTube of facebook we're on facebook twitter we're on instagram we'll give out everybody's individual stuff here at the end of the show let's jump into some fan questions guys Small code for fight for the fight tv for people that sign up we're gonna get that hopefully this week okay. the deal kind of came together quick between fight and us and we're still ironing out a lot of stuff so and trust us we have a laundry list of stuff we could talk about but it's all off the air stuff so we won't do too much inside baseball on this one but Miguel wants to know, guys, who was the most influential wrestler on your sports or music career? And we'll start with DMAC. Absolutely. Don't give up. F and flying, triggered, whatever like this. And, you know, you got to – it's that rattlesnake mentality. It's, it's his mentality, of, you know. And, and, and you have to temper that because he's a wrestler. So you can't live sort of like that, but it was just like the, the sort of badass stuff. I know I used to wear a stone cold shirt around the locker room and stuff. And it was funny because in our locker room, Matthew Dandino was the rock. So it was all the time. It was uh, the Rob. We were there front row when uh, stone cold smashes Zamboni in and into the ring at Joe Louis arena and stuff like that. So he was really the influence. Dandino was the rock. So we'd r run around the dressing room doing stuff. And we made Mike Knubel a rookie. We made him mankind. So he always got beat with a chair or something like that. So <laughs> dude, and, and he'd be man. He said we could beat him if he was mankind. He didn't want to be in love. Bang, bang. Lars. Jeez, oh, I mean, it's probably Ric Flair. You know what I mean? Um, Ric Flair. I like. I always like the talkers. So Ric Flair, Jake the Snake. I loved. Always loved uh, the Hitman. His his personality, his charisma. You know what I mean? I, I bit all those lines so many times. I, I've said Rancid is the excellence of execution up in Calgary. You know, I'll just you know, you know, I've I've done Ric Flair chants in Raw in Charlotte, North Carolina. So it's it's like it's the talkers, you know what I mean? Cause that's kind of in essence what I'm sort of doing in the band in a lot of ways is I'm the one that communicates with the crowd, uh, you know, speak to the crowd the most, at least have the most uh, back and forth with. So it'd be the talkers, you know what I mean? That's it. Yeah. Pete, yeah, you're in the wrestling industry. So 
Yeah, this is this is a mm, this this has got to be like a two parter for me, kind of, because you know, obviously, I think like everybody back in the '80s, you know, when I first watched wrestling, I was a Hulkamaniac, you know. So I mean, I I loved Hulk Hogan. I was always cheering for him. You know, WWE, WWF at the time, you know, pushed him as like you know he he's the man. He's our guy. He's he's our big baby face. And yeah, I totally bought into it. I mean, that's what they were trying to accomplish, and that's what you know they accomplished um so definitely him and then you know as it transitioned i kind of fell out of wrestling because um you know it wasn't cool at one part before the attitude era and my friends kind of talked me into like no and that's when i really got into music and stuff um and then from there you know i got back into it in the attitude era with like you know guys like stone cold and the rock and dx and all that kind of stuff just awesome and then that's when i was really like yeah i'm gonna do this but then once I got in the business, you know, my mindset changed, obviously, like, you know, Bret Hart, I'm looking at a different way. And all those guys I look at in a different way, once you're in the business, but then guys that helped me along the way that kind of brought the best out of me in the ring. Um, you know, the first name that I ever wrestled was was Jerry Lynn. And I, I tell this all the time, like he, he didn't have to go out there and go, you know, give me a lot of stuff in the ring, but he did. And, you know, whenever I wrestle somebody that, you know, is up and coming and stuff like that, I don't just phone it in. I, I say, yeah, we're, we're going to go there and I pay it forward. Kind of like what Jerry Lynn did with me. And I always respect that. So guys like Jerry would well, always bring up the best out of me. Um, you know, Alex Shelley, Chris Saban, AJ Styles, all those guys that uh, it just, I feel like I have a better match when I'm, when I'm with them and I aspire to be like them because I, always want if i'm wrestling somebody that's an up-and-comer i want to be able to bring the best out of them too dimitri oh i've been thinking about this the entire time reminiscing about when i was with the cincinnati reds we had the whole thing with nwo we had the nwo t-shirts and we wound up splitting there was NWO Hollywood with Barry Larkin, Hall of Famer, the Capitone, and Aaron Boone. Let's pray for my brother. Uh, he was part of that NWA Hollywood, the, the white one, um, Ed Tobinsey. There was a lot of guys on that side, but then the Wolfpack, which was myself, Sean Casey, Pokey Reese, and we would wear those shirts under our jerseys. Sick. Yeah, and uh, we even had Goldberg and DDP come in, and and I was like, dude, where's Kevin Nash? You know, I want to <laughs> see Scott Hall, man. Yeah. I'm not trying to see y'all right now. I mean, and and Goldberg came and took batting practice and stuff, and he was hitting the ball out left-handed. DDP was just cool as hell, but I was still, it was the NWO. We'll go to towns and. And the green flies, you know, those are the autograph seekers. They'll be waiting outside <laughs> the hotel and stuff. And we'll throw up the we'll throw up the two sweet to them and stuff. They'll they'll be waiting for it and then at the ballpark. So we would carry on that that NWO, you know, moniker as the Cincinnati Reds. And then at 99 Reds team, we were the big road machine. We just whooped ass. You know, and we would take names, we would pillage the village, you know. And Darren, you know, all y'all know what I'm talking about when I say pillage to village, you know, drink your liquor, 
bang your women and kick yeah. your ass. Absolutely. <laughs> Kids don't know oh, about that. Sweet. These days, man. <laughs> too sweet. Yeah. Fuck yeah, Dimitri. Fuck, fuck. <laughs> Love that. Thank God those days are over. <laughs> oh. I'm glad there was no social media back then. Absolutely. That's why we're doing this right now and not from behind bars. What'd you say to me, team? What'd you say to me? Amy wants to know what has been your favorite interview so far and what has surprised you? Who's your influence wrestling? Mine? Oh, that's a see, I was a WCW NWA guy. I, you know, for whatever reason though, I never really connected with Dusty Rhodes. Everybody seems to look back on look back on him with fond memories, but he was never one of those guys that I quite connected with. You know, I I, I remember being 11, 10 years old, and meeting Sting and meeting Lex Luger uh, as a kid outside of a show, and just thinking I'll never wash my hand, and this is like the greatest memories. So. I would say those guys, as much as I bag on Sting now, I was a little stinger. I can't lie to you. You know, I had my face painted up. And, you know, if I could have done the crew cut and gone blonde, I totally would have. I had the rat tail for the longest time like Sting. So <laughs> gross. Oh, oh I, you have the spandex, too. <laughs> <laughs> you have the tights, little green tights. Little Lime green. Lime green. <laughs> Yeah, and Sting is will always be part of my favorite, even though it's the worst storyline ever in wrestling. It's always been my favorite. If anybody gets a chance to go out and look at the Black Scorpion storyline, mm -hmm. for whatever reason, that was that might have been even the first pay per view. No, uh, Royal Rumble '92 was the first pay per view I watched, but it might have been the first pay per view I watched on tape. Because I had a neighbor, Jeremy Woods, who used to get all these tapes like super quick after the pay-per-views. And we'd you know, watch them three or four times a night having slumber parties. So I think that was might have been the first. So I would say Sting, Ric Flair, that kind of stuff, the, the original Four Horsemen would be mine. But now on to Amy's question. Well, just real quick, Dennis, have you ever seen Dusty Rhodes' Hard Times promo? Yes. Yes, a million times. Have you ever Googled Dusty Rhodes Bula Bula? All right. <laughs> do do you do you want the truth about yeah. me and Dusty? I I like Dusty the performer, and I'm gonna get some heat saying this, but Dusty the Booker, I think killed Dusty the performer for me. As much as he had phenomenal good ideas. I'd say 80% of his ideas were just horrible. And this is just me being being truthful here, guys. And I think it killed my fandom for Dusty Rhodes. And we all have that guy. We all have that guy that we go, you just can't separate what he's done for whatever reason from him as a performer, and we hold it against him. And it's not fair to the guy, but he's he's the one guy for me. So can I touch on that for a second, Dennis? I, I, I agree with you about people and, and performers and booking and stuff. Like I, I look at like, you know, some people, they're, they're great performers in the ring. They know how to book themselves. They know how to get themselves over. They know their character, all that kind of stuff. But then sometimes that doesn't transition just because, you know, you're, you're the best booker for yourself and you know your character. 
that won't always transition to being able to do it for other people. You might have a, a vision in your mind for another wrestler and like, yeah, do it like this, do it like this, but it doesn't translate for them. You know, some, some of the best, like I look at uh, Jimmy Jacobs, right? Jimmy Jacobs, I think as a wrestler, phenomenal. He knows his stuff, but um, you know, as a booker and as a, a storyline writer, I mean, that guy just working next to him, I'm like, man, he has one of the most brilliant minds when it comes to professional wrestling. He just, I, I don't know what it is. I can't even keep up with him. That's a, and we'll, we'll def, definitely get him on the show and like, he'll blow everybody away. But you know what I mean? He's never made it to the big time as a wrestler, but he's been to the big time as a, as a, like a writer. So I, I get what you're the guy saying. That came up with the list of Jericho, right? Yeah, he came up with the list of Jericho, uh, you know, the, the, French, all, all that kind of stuff. Like Jericho handpicked him to be like, Hey, I, I want you to help, you know, work with me and help write with me and all that kind of stuff. Like he's, uh, I can't speak enough good things about Jimmy Jacobs and he's going to be one of the guys that I definitely want to get back on the show. I, I got to sit what, eight hours in a car going to, Oh yeah. He buried you that whole time. That's <laughs> you, you went from, I, I like him already. I like but it was an education. I got yes. to listen to him talk, and for for whatever the reason, I I liked him because everything he said was just one of those guys that was like he just was so cool. The way he even like laid in the back seat of my car, like I am I'm Jimmy Jacobs, and I'm just driving, going, "This guy is too cool for school." Until you say something bad, he'll be laying down and then you'll bring something up and you'll be like this. Wait, what did you say? Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the 30 minute education session right there based off of like one line. So. <laughs> All right. Amy wants to know what was your favorite interview you've done so far and what interview of the wrestlers has surprised you thus far, Dimitri? Oh, wow. I mean, Willie Mack was awesome. Um, so was Sammy Callahan. So was, it was like all the guys that we interviewed. I mean, I can't pick out one. I'm just naming off the different interviews. I mean, every last one of them been very informative. Uh, you get you get to dig deep, and 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 they've been. I mean, look at look at the the host and our crew. We're all big time in what we did, and so we make the guys feel comfortable and, and want to open up. And we open up to them as being fans. And I'm pretty sure they look at us like, hold on, you are a major league baseball player. You watching us? D-Mac winning championships and you're watching us? Lars is filling up arenas watching us? You know, and yeah, I have mad respect for the wrestlers. And because of that, they give it back to us. And yeah, that's why I love this show. I'm just going to say it just like Lars. That's why I love this show. Uh, man, I mean, we've interviewed so many people Dennis, <laughs> um, in the past, you know, so many years. Um, and I don't even know if we have that on our YouTube channel, to be honest with you, or if they're ar archived and we can, are they? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, young bucks, uh, I really liked that interview. That was right before, uh, they announced that AEW was going to get on the show actually. Yeah. Um, they, they said they were going to be somewhere and everybody was thinking like, what, uh, you know, 
TNA Impact, Ring of Honor, WWE, like, what, what's it going to be? And he's like, oh, we're coming up with something. And, like, literally, wasn't it, like, weeks after they – Not even weeks, a week. They found yeah. the trademark. So that that was great. You know, I really liked uh, Uncle Jeff doing it with him right before his Hall of Fame induction. Uh, guess. Jeff Jarrett, yep. Uh, man, I, I don't, those are two that really pop in my mind because I really didn't think they were going to want to do the show. Uh, I, I don't know why. Uh, even though I'm close with them and stuff like that. Um, but it was just amazing. Those two, like, like literally, we had Uncle Jeff right before his Hall of Fame induction, the Young Bucks right before they announced AEW. So, I mean, I, don't know, I love those two. I don't know why, but that's that's the two I love. D-back? It's good. Uh, this is good. Uh television or whatever i'm gonna say uh tommy dreamer because i'm doing his podcast tomorrow but um he was great yeah, he was great uh i think everybody we've had to dimitri's point um from mjf who's a motherfucker but he knows it and i respect it to uh ricky starks to yeah, manifesting you know your own reality and stuff and these guys are great willie mack because he's just a, a good old you know, OG, he's just a good old OG, man. I mean, like, just to listen, like, I think, like, honestly, I was Willie Mack because he's so old school mentality and, and he's so athletic and so big and he just, like, he's loves life and he's appreciative. So th th those were special, but I loved, you know, all of them. Sammy Callahan was great because he is the draw. And, you know, these guys are just, it's cool to be able to see that they're being able to live their dream just like I was be able to live mine. Lars? Uh, I mean, I, for me, it's Rich Swan, uh, Willie Mack. I mean, Willie Mack was so fun and so great. MG, MJF obviously just night. <laughs> I mean, that was, wasn't even really an interview. That was just the <laughs> that we were part of, you know, which was awesome. But I'd say Willie Mack, and, and I mean, we had a world champion, you know? So for me, like uh, Rich Swan, that was great because he's so multi-talented. You know, he was able to, I mean, he's had a long storied history, um, at least in my opinion, you know, and Willie Mack as well. I mean, obviously, you know, those two guys, as Dimitri will tell you, you know, I mean, those, they, you know, they were, they were great performers. They are great performers, a great team, you know? Um, I, so to me, those were, those were the highlights for me. Um, and just some of the nights we, we, where we've just been bullshitting, maybe watching a match, you know? So yeah. So Rich Swan, Willie Mack, probably. For me, and not because of the content, because of what it brought the show together, I'm going to say Kurt Angle. Because for a week before the Kurt Angle interview, we were on a text thread turned into 12-year-old boys every night just geeking out to each other. Mm -hmm. that we're, we're about to talk to Kurt Angle. For, for me, in my mind, that Kurt Angle interview was the, <laughs> the party show. That was, that was from six guys. That, that are doing a wrestling podcast to six friends. We, we <laughs> really gelled on that text thread. Then 
afterwards when he didn't want to get off the Zoom with us and he stayed around and was talking and was like, man, Dimitri, I remember this. And D-Mac, I was a fan of that. And Lars, you know, I liked Rancid. And and Jason, you know, back in Pittsburgh, our days. And to, that was the start of something that I noticed a lot of these guys started to do was, you know, when the Zoom <clears throat> They stuck around and BS with us. And I, for me, Kurt Angle was was the interview that changed the show to what it is today. And I met, I wanted to mention John Hungy. That was a good oh. one, too. Oh, yeah, Johnny Hungy. Yes. Little meat on a stick. Yeah, <laughs> silver was good. Yeah. Hey, Lars, tell him I'm laughing during the Kurt Angle because you got any sriracha fucking angle chips up. <laughs> uh, you got to tell that story, what Jason oh, did oh here. Oh, that's that's oh, why I was laughing. So, I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I say, Kendall's <laughs> on here talking about how great his chicken snacks are. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm on here believing every fucking word Kendall's saying. So I've been off to spend like 60 bucks on fucking shit. <laughs> and then I, and then, and then I'm on here and putting, putting the fucking chicken snacks over on you guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh. Oh, dude, that is so funny, dude. Uh, it, was, it was so over the top because, yeah, you know, we've got the cool ranch flavor. Those are phenomenal. That's my favorite. We got the sriracha. I've got those the other night, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every single flavor. Uh, you fell for the banana in the tail. Yeah, you got it. Oh. <laughs> You I, said I, they were. I, I, I will tell you something though that is true. I and I and I actually I've made my third order. Now the sriracha ones and the honey mustard are next level. There you go, Kurt. Free, free plug. I'm, going, plug. I'm getting in. But but to think about like all the people that we just mentioned and some of them that like we obviously <laughs> you know spaced out. But that's I mean that's how that's how amazing this has already been. How we've been able to talk to the these guys and in, in a lot of cases they open up to us, you know what I mean? And like Dimitri was saying, um, you know, that's that's a pretty cool thing when you're sitting with somebody that you've admired for so long and you bought the toys and the shirts and the bullets and that and the fucking chicken snacks, obviously. And, <laughs> you know, and, and then and they're they're uh, they're opening up to us and, and and silver was another a great, great interview, great interview. Totally forgot. I'm such a high on my favorite wrestling event of last year's talk shop of mania. So Doc Gallows and oh, yeah. Machine yeah. Gun and Rocky, dude. That, that's some dude. I love Willie Mac because I was so but that was really cool. And it's really cool because been able to follow them and you know, sort of keep in contact and stuff. But just what they're doing, and you know, Petey, because you and that, that's sort of where we met at Dennis's and we watched both of them, and it's just sort of like it's the love of the wrestling and all these guys. I mean, we, the, if we didn't mention you, it's not because we didn't enjoy it. It's I got an excuse. I'm a stoner. Well, I mean, so. and, and Butcher, Butcher too, and 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 Tang. Oh, the book. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, I mean, next question. 
Billy wants to know if you could have come out to any wrestling entrance song during your playing career. And Pete, I don't know about you because you had your own, but what would it be? Uh, D-Mac? Oh, your ass better call somebody. <laughs> I know. That's casual. That's a good one. Yeah, I like that, DX. Lars? Uh, takers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pete, I don't even know how to ask you this question, but what if you could mimic any wrestler? Maybe I don't know. I, I don't. I don't even know how to. I mean, you, when I work the indies, well, ask Dimitri first. Dimitri, I want. I want to hear your song. Can you dig it? So, <laughs> <laughs> so loud it cut off his mic. Uh, I, I know. <laughs> um, no, it's. <laughs> Obviously, I had my own entrance music for a long time, but when I was worked on the indies before, you know, all the trademark stuff happened and with they the cease and desist, like with Ring of Honor and all that kind of stuff, uh, you kind of like pick whatever song you want you came out to. And some of the things I've came up to in the past is like, you know, like Rage Against the Machine, and um, you know, I even came out to, uh, geez, Nirvana with. Uh, uh, Paul McCartney, they were doing, uh, I can't remember that song. They did it on Saturday Night Live, but you know, like that. Um, j- just something that's different, I guess. Uh, it's it's tough to say. I, I don't even know how to answer this. I mean, my I come out to the Canadian National Anthem still. It's been 20 years. Want, eh? That's <laughs> yeah. a good one. I, yeah. I, I like that one. How one about you, Dennis? Uh, you know, I guess it would either be the NWO theme song or the yeah. Hollywood Hulk Hogan's, uh, what was it? Child? Oh, Jimi yeah. Hendrix, Voodoo yeah. Child? Yeah. I, for me, like near, I said, near, 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 near. I was, I was a WCW guy. Those were, those for me, those were probably the two cool ones that I would come out to. Uh, maybe the classic. Wolfpack. That's a good one too. Yeah, I would. That's that would have been it outside of Booker T. All right, all right. Now, uh, one time in the Bastards, we we had we did come out to. Well, I mean, what's Flair's? The Flair's theme song is is two thousand one Space Odyssey. Right. So we did because we we had a song that started in C, and it was the perfect place to go. So we 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 came out to you know that thing before. So that was kind of cool, but. All right. Alex wants to know, what was some of your misconceptions about doing a wrestling podcast before you started or was was uh, presented with doing one? Uh, You know what, Petey? You fought it, so I'm going to start with you. Yeah, you know, I just, when when you asked me to do this podcast, I mean, the first one I ever did, like, uh, like was interviewed on, was Colt Cabana's. Colt Cabana was kind of like the, you know, Godfather. I, I don't know, like the, he started the wrestling podcast. Godfather? Yeah. Father, the Podfather. Podfather. Um, yeah, so he started all that. So when he asked me, it was really weird. Like he said, uh, I didn't really listen to podcasts or anything like that. Dennis, I know you were doing podcasts, you know, before they were even cool or, and all that kind of stuff. So you're the real Godfather. But in wrestling, it was Colt Cabana. Um, and he said, Hey, do you want to do my podcast show? And I was like, uh, okay, what do we talk about? He's like, just about you. And I'm like, okay. Like, I didn't really understand it at the time. 
Um, and then we started getting into it. And then I was like, okay, this is great. Um, and then, so when you asked me, I'm like, eh, that's kind of Colt Cabana's thing. Uh-huh. Right. But then it, everybody just kind of copied him. And now everybody has a podcast and stuff. So I figured like, Hey, you know, yeah, I, I want to shoot the breeze and talk wrestling. I'm like, sure, let's do it. And I, I don't like the, uh, you know, let's, let's try to break news story and stuff like that, or try to get somebody fired or, you know, dirt sheets. That's, that's not me. I just want to, you know, be able to portray people that we interview uh, to like, Hey, this is, this is the, either the real person, or this is, you know, what he's really about stuff. You wouldn't normally see just from their on-air persona uh, on television. Dimitri. Oh man. You know, uh, I talked to you uh, a few weeks ago about, I was scrolling down my messenger and Facebook and I got a, uh instant message from Dennis back in 2012 and about doing a podcast what was the dude's name Nico something yeah he was he was he I that we'll leave it at that and 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 you know and wind up doing a podcast with you you know interview and it was just like wasn't until this pandemic started it was like shit I'm pretty much confined in my garage and we were talking wrestling and, you know, I knew Jason Kendall, but didn't know Jason Kendall. So I got to know Jason Kendall. And I mean, what a wonderful guy. I mean, he loves to interrupt, but I mean, I mean, Jason, Jason, Jason was an a-hole when he played. He was a, he was a straight up asshole, but, you know, getting to know him now and it's like, wow, he ended up in Kansas and he has a family and he's from Southern California too. So him being out in Kansas, in Kansas, it's like, whoa. But it wasn't until we started doing that and then just, it's like, okay, we're really talking this wrestling stuff and then had to um, kick somebody to the curb and then that really started taking off and that's when DMAC came and then we interviewed Lars and it was like, oh shit. And then Dennis was like, you know what? We're going to change the name back to Wrestling Perspective and we're bringing back Petey. You're going to love Petey. And I was like, I'll take your word for it. And look at us now. So it was that point when I started with this, you know, talking about my love and then seeing D Max love for it and his love for storylines, it, it cracks me up because I, because I, I play it, it's a male soap opera. Yeah. You know, and, and I like General Hospital personally, but you know, this is our male soap opera. And and then, and then Lars comes on and, and you just spitting that knowledge and, and you've been to the arenas where they only have 50 people in there and a low ceiling and and knowing about all that, that that entices me because the only time I was in any kind of situation like that was in Cincinnati where they had the Heartland uh, Wrestling Association out there and doing stuff with them, with um, Abyss when he was on Prince Justice. They would call him Blueberry. He would wear this big old blue outfit. Mm -hmm. And and that's when I first met him. I hit him with a bat and he said, I really fucked him up in the stomach because I actually hit him with the bat in his stomach. You know, he said, kind of hit me. And I mean, sorry, but <laughs> I saw him years later as a business. I didn't know it was him until he brought up that situation. And I was like, oh, that was you. 
<laughs> Lars? Oh, what was the, uh, you know, I mean. Misconception about podcast? Yeah, you know, I, I see that's the thing. I, I, I normally, as a general rule, don't do very many interviews, you know. And I think that it has to really pique my interest. And I'll talk about wrestling all day because it's one of those things that for the longest time of my life, it was so hard to find anyone to talk wrestling with, mm -hmm. right? And then when you become friends with some professional wrestlers and stuff and they live and eat and breathe the business, right? And you can absorb that and you're kind of like, oh, I'm home. You know what I mean? And then when I when when you invited me here, and everybody had such a passion, and I and I I know why Jason Kendall is um was, was so angry when he played ball because that that dude probably hit m in more double plays than any. <laughs> <laughs> and if you think about, you know. <laughs> Wow, that was right to the nets. That looked like the Miz the other night with Lashley. <laughs> you just Lashley his ass. Wow. I'm sorry, Kendall. He can't, he can't defend himself, but he was in Oakland A, and I love him for that. But my point is, is that when you talk about interrupting, so what is the most interrupting thing that can happen to you as a player in baseball? Well, when you're on first base after you got a leadoff hit, and then Jason Kendall's batting right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Jason. We love you. Mercy, Jason. <laughs> Get him. That's it. Ice, ice cold punks getting at you right now. Ice cold punks. Yeah, that was, that was that was a little payback for the fucking chicken snacks, bro. You owe me. <laughs> Dude, right there, you're getting twenty bucks. Twenty bucks a rip, right there at sixty bucks for the snack. Those are doozies too, though. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, uh, so but the 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 fix for Pittsburgh was in on that show, but so <laughs> I think. I think um, I, you know, I, I didn't really have any misconceptions. I was just stoked to be to be part of this because, and, and like I said, everybody had this wealth of knowledge and had so many great opinions and the passion. It's like, you know, this, this felt like right from the, from the moment go. DMAC? It's, it's you guys. I mean, the opportunity to, to like Lars said, uh, peers that, you know, you didn't know personally, um, you know, I got in a rabbit hole, but I remember when it, for Petey first came on the scene back in the day, I would just want him to grow his hair out again. I think that was freaking luscious, dude, back in the day when he had the, when he had the hair Fine. flowing. Yeah, I, I love it, bro. But, no, and it's just, you know, being fans and it's the people, it's you guys. And then obviously collectively, I, Trust me, guys, you win four cups, you don't do it by yourself. You do it with a team and putting together this team and something that I love so much. I mean, that's all I do is watch the things and I learn from Lars and, and Dimitri because of their passion. And then Petey clarifies on the other end about the reality that I want to know behind the scenes of, you know, who and, and it's to me, it's all about don't tell me what, tell me who I want to know who the good people are and 
here being my perception coming into this was hopefully we could be able to reach not only wrestlers that wanted to reach back and Dimitri said earlier, open up to us, but also to let people know, because I wish I would have knew when I was younger, who the good guys were and who wasn't, you know what I'm saying? And, I, and I'm sorry to say that, but you know what, if you are a younger kid and Hulk Hogan's, he's not, you know, he's not the, he's not the, person you know to to, the, the, to be the hulkster it's more of the facade that it was but that's because we're older now so i think more the characters are truer to who they are as people that's what i've learned from doing these interviews for for me i walked away from doing a syndicated espn radio show doing fantasy football because i was so burnt out on it it's all the same and you i you study all day and all night you get to the top and at some point i was just like I don't want to do this anymore. I found myself watching wrestling more than sports, and I just didn't really care about it. And that was about the time PD and I kind of reconnected, and I thought, man, the only thing I really want to do is talk wrestling. And I went to the radio station. I'm like, look, I don't want to do this anymore. Can I do a wrestling show? And they, they laughed at me, and I said, you know what? That's all right. I'm going to go do one. And I started doing it with someone else, and I wish I don't even remember. It was like a stupid name at the very beginning. And then Petey was like, "Hey, you know, may I?" And my pit, my pitch to Petey is, and he always glosses over it, but it's the best line ever. Was, "Come on, Petey, let's do this. Just do one show, and if you like it, do another show, and if you like it, do one more show." And that was that was my pitch. It's just. Just keep doing one show until you get tired of doing one show. And here we are all these years later. I dog sit for the guy now. So, yeah. <laughs> you I do mean, dog sit for me when I'm at uh, the impact taping. So, yeah. I appreciate it and my dog appreciates it. You've also caught him in your underwear drawer too, Pete. Yeah, well, that's why I have locks on my dresser drawers. I mean, but people don't have that, but I, I have to have it because Dennis comes to my house. Uh, by the way, I know his code. It's actually the Canadian. No, it's just the day. So, anyways, but uh, that's listen. Uh, we're running out of time. We still have tons of questions. We'll get to them at another time. But essentially, this is what you're going to get: two shows a week. We're either going to bring you an interview, we're going to do current topics, or maybe we may do trivia, Sweet Sixteen, some sort of stuff. No one show has the same feel over and over again there are a lot of shows out there that you know at like the 10 second mark the 15 second mark the 20 they're gonna do x y and z over and over again you will never get that feeling with this show trust me every show feels like the first show when we do it uh once again thank you so much for the fight network now if you're listening and you want to know more about us and we'll like i said here in a second we'll throw all of our social media where you can find us and some of our other projects look wrestling perspective we're on all major podcast platforms so if you're watching and you're like man i wish i could take the show with me you can we're on stitcher iHeartRadio, itunes any radio.com wherever you get your podcast there's a podcast version you want to you miss the show and i'm listen truthfully i don't know if they replay this or not but if they don't and you just caught it you can go over a day or two later and catch it on our YouTube channel, Wrestling Perspective Podcast. There you can leave comments normally at the beginning of the next show. We try to say thank you to the new subscribers or read certain comments and talk about it before the show. 
Dimitri, where can people find you? Well, since I'm no longer on Twitter, I'm on Instagram. They can find me on Dimitri the Meat Hook, D-M-I-T-R-I-D-A-D-E-A-T-H-O-O-K, and it's certified. Ooh, PD? Uh, it's at uh, IPD Williams, both on Instagram and Twitter. And we will, uh, on our all of our social medias, including especially the Wrestling Perspective one, uh, we'll announce our guests you know, prior to the show. So you'll know what to expect. DMAC on Instagram and Facebook at the real Darren McCarty, Darren McCarty four on Twitter. And if you want to join me during the week, Monday to Friday, my new show, uh, the hook on Woodward sports network, you can download the Woodward sports app on iTunes or on Android. I, I will say I caught the first show. It was phenomenal. Tom Mazaway is one of my personal friends. I reached out to him right away and told him it was a great show. I wanted to wait until I was sitting here with you to say it was a good show because you know, sending you a text, there's a little less uh, intimacy there. So I wanted to say it face-to-face. That's why I waited so long. But it was a great show. I enjoyed it. Make sure you go watch it. It was something I went out of my way to watch. Well, here's the thing, guys. Uh, he mentioned Tom Mazaway, but the host of the afternoon or the hook is uh, Pilar Lastra. Pilar Lastra, former uh, dealer, no deal, and former uh, Playboy Playmate, Series XM, all that stuff, and the and the, and also a fantasy. I got this affinity for these fantasy gurus because she's a fantasy Series XM former host yeah. of that. So. Gosh, you'd think I you'd think with what I'm collecting that I'd play. I don't. <laughs> Lars? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at RootsRadical01. I'm on Instagram and Facebook as Lars Fredrickson. Look for the blue check because that's me. Also, I'm uh, heavily into collectibles, records, toys, memorabilia, stuff like that. And I've, I've been getting rid of so much on this new Instagram page I have called Laz's Locker, spelled L-A-H-Z-S underscore L-O-C-K-A-H. And just say it in a mass accent and you'll understand. Um, it's kind of a running joke. And I want to say happy birthday to my old lady, Jojo. She's 40 years old today and she's waiting Go for me. To pass, so I want to wrap this up, gentlemen. All right. <laughs> By the way, sweet Jake the Snake figure you were selling just recently. Oh, thanks. Well, I'm, see, but that's the thing. It's like I got so much stuff over the years that I've collected, and now I'm finding out that, like, you know what? It's just collecting dust at this point, you know? And maybe somebody else can enjoy it as much as I did, you know? So, and sometimes I have two of the same freaking, ah, <laughs> you know? But I just, I love that. I love supporting, you know, what the things that I love, you know? Well, you can find me at Undisputed DPF on Twitter, Wrestling Perspective, like I said, on all major platforms and YouTube. You can also follow the Wrestling Perspective page at Wrestling Perspective Pod on Instagram, uh, WP underscore pod on Twitter, Wrestling Perspective on Facebook. Basically, we're everywhere you want to be. And uh, I listen, I don't think I could th- – hopefully you guys enjoyed this first show. This is us being tame. Each show, like I said, will be different. And if you miss it, we're, you can find it anywhere in the replays. 
one more time fight network thank you so much for bringing us on we are all fans of whatever you guys do and we're expi- we're excited to call this home so amen uh, for everybody good night and uh we'll see you reach out we'll talk to you guys eee.